everybody doing tonight? My name is Augie with VIP Playlist. I'm here with my co-host. Adam. Hey, everyone. And we have two members from the band Stop, Drop, Rewind here. Y'all want to introduce yourselves and, and say what you do in the band? Hey, yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. I am Chris, and I sing and I play bass for the band. And I am DJ, and I play guitar and I sing. So do y'all do like split vocals or? Uh, do we do splits while we sing the song? Uh, like David Lee Roth. <laughs> most bands have like a lead vocalist and a backup vocalist y'all are y'all like uh we 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 do we do both sing yeah it's uh, sort of a, a 1a 1b situation because i would definitely say chris <laughs> is the lead singer but i like more of a1 a2 yeah i do some stuff awesome well uh we are going to be making a spotify playlist today and the first thing i like to have my guests do is name their playlist so is there anything you guys want to name this? I was trying to come up with like a, a pun, pun related. Uh, hmm. Wow. It can be anything. Guys. Yeah, we're supposed much... to be creative types and we are, we are both, I can tell by the look on Chris's face, we're both drawing blanks right now. Oh no. <laughs> a lot of the bands that I have on here, they have like a, like that off guard moment, you know, when I ask that question and it's, it's like, Y'all name like songs and albums and all that stuff, but I assume you have a little more time than, <laughs> than uh, what yeah, I we, yeah. we put some, some thought into that. Uh, we didn't like finish in the studio and they're like, what do you want to call this? Shit. I don't know. We curse that I already, that I already hold on. Hold on. All their, yes, all their episodes uh, have a nice big yeah, shiny E neck. What was that? We always ask, uh, if usually before recording swear starts. after, no, it's always after somebody swears. Then we're like, wait, yeah, yeah, no, no FCC over here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's right this goes on spotify not the actual radio yep. So. <laughs> yep. uh i i am stalling and not coming up with anything do you have a good you this is your department i know i feel i feel the pressure and i want you to know that we can skip this part and then come back to it later on in the episode if you think it's yeah i mean i'm i'm fine with stop drop rewinds awkward indecision playlist too <laughs> that's that's kind of who we are as people that actually honest. is probably about right yeah <laughs> all right so one of the first questions that we like to ask, what are some of like your first memories of hearing a song that maybe kind of resonated with you or clicked with you? Like maybe your parents put it on, something like that. That's a good question. And not in the way that I don't like that. I won't have something. I just mean, no one's asked us that before, but that's like a legitimately interesting conversation starter. I love that question. Like I asked that yeah. question at the beginning of every episode yeah. because I feel like that is... I don't know. I, th I just, I love that question. Like what did people used to listen to around you? Cause I know for me, my mom used to listen to like Keith Sweat and Usher and. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. So I actually do have something on lock for this. So my, my sister and I growing up, my dad would always, he plays guitar and he would always play us uh, bedtime songs. And I developed a soft spot for uh, Leonard Skinner's Ballad of Curtis Lowe of all songs, because he used to play that for us. And also, Crack the Skies Sleep, because it's about sleeping. So you can see where he got that from for our bedtime songs. I would have been four or five, maybe six at this time. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Deep. Yeah. That's deep in the memory. Yes. Yeah, I know, man. I remember the Macarena craze. Oh, yeah. And they, like, they had the music teacher with the cart going around the school teaching you the Macarena. And then I think they must have decided that either that song or dancing in general is sexual. Uh, and then they banned and then they banned it. So then everybody was doing even more Macarena at the school because they said you can't do that. 
which would be that'd be pretty early. Oh, did my dog bust in? He did. Oh, hey Bella. What's your earliest musical memory? I'll lick my microphone. You lick your elbow instead. Okay. It's all right. My cat will start freaking out here in a minute. He always does. That's why we're not doing this at my house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris and I were in uh, All County Recorder when we were in elementary school before we knew each other. That's an early musical memory you yes. could draw from. All County Recorder. All County Rec- what we is were, that? Yeah, yeah we were so about- lame um, that we got handpicked to be extra lame and play recorder. You know, they have like a uh, uh, honor band or orchestra or whatever in like high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was for elementary schoolers who play the recorder. Because, you know, in, at least where we grew up in, in Maryland, they hand you a recorder as like your first instrument in third or fourth grade. Yeah. Obviously, we were better at it than everybody else. Yeah, y'all played hot cross buns really well. Oh, huh? yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I've busted out the recorder for our Christmas shows occasionally. Hilarity over the years to play it apart from our Christmas, one of our Christmas songs. And um, actually, there's a video of it online. So if you look up Stop, Drop, Rewind, Saves Christmas, you can see me playing actually an alto recorder. Because if you didn't know, a recorder is part of a whole, that's a soprano recorder. And when you get in, yeah, great. There's a whole recorder family. That's all. So there's one higher than that. There's a sopranino recorder, and then it goes down to bass. Now you see why we made all county. Correct. Yes, yes. All uh, please tell me more about the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> well, as the same fingerings as the saxophone, almost. Does, does it really? Almost. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I picked saxophone. I didn't want to learn to, uh, how to do a new set of fingerings. Nice. So to prepare for these podcasts, we basically creep on you guys. Sweet. Uh, Good like your band page or yeah. anything we can find. And I may or may not have seen something about a... Star Club. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Tell us about that. Uh, it was actually, it was me and uh, one of our other friends, John, from high school. Uh, when we were freshmen, I had just met him and we both liked ska. So we wanted to start a, a ska club at the school, but because it was a school club, we couldn't turn anyone away. So our ska band had a three-piece flute section and... <laughs> and like three drummers. Yeah, we we did good turn taking. Yeah. I think sometimes I played guitar, sometimes I played saxophone. Okay. Um the uh the slipknot of Scott. Right, exactly. We yes. We had uh one original song I wrote it. It was about being a mermaid or wishing uh, I was a mermaid because Not a merman. Scott, no, no, no. I don't I don't know if mermen were things in 2007. <laughs> we were we were really into Five Iron Frenzy in retrospect now i'm thinking about this that is like a gateway to like nerd rock oh yes shenanigans yes uh because they have all those funny songs about movie stuff great band give me a five iron frenzy song man i haven't heard that band name in oh man years uh, you want new or old because they got stuff since it is post hiatus they're back oh nice yeah we used to do old west in the ska band in our the ska club so why did we i can't i don't remember why we made it a club instead of just practicing at john's house or did so we, we just be in the yearbook. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I said so we could be in the yearbook. But I made that up. That's, I don't know. I don't know why no. I did that. I was like, of course. Obviously, obviously, so we could have all the resources of Towson High School at our disposal. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> True. The school did. The school did go for it. It did. So they had to let us practice in the band room also, and let us play school concerts. Yes. Right on. That's a way to make the entire school listen to ska. Right? Yes, it is. This thing, this started like I swear within the first month of our freshman year of high school. 
This would have been closer to the third wave ska boom, though, because this was 2003. Well, give me some of those old ska bands. Like from that, the, the late 90s, like ska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Boston's were the, the big, they had the biggest single off of that. Um, I just did a Less Than Jake video. That's a good one. Formative ska album. Hello, Rock View by Less Than Jake. And then, no doubt, like dabbles in that. Used to, yes. Yeah. The, what's the one with like spiderwebs and just a girl and stuff? I'm not the world's biggest No Doubt fan. That album is really good, though. Save Ferris did a uh, cover of um, Take On AB, Me. Uh, Can I take on me? It's Come On Eileen. Come On Eileen. But then Real Big Fish did do Take On Me, right? They did, yes. So Real Big Fish was another band from that, that time, too. This is really testing my ska knowledge. Right. Here. It was Catch the 22. Thing that got one. me into ska was the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I've been having that conversation a lot this week, yes. Uh, really? One, yeah. two, three. Which, which Tony Hawk? Pro skater, we talked about 99 red balloons. Oh, we, on yeah, it. we forgot Goldfinger, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and Goldfinger, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. yeah. I'm the Superman. And I used to play that game for hours, man. Oh, totally. Hell yeah. I had the, uh, the floating cheat where you can, like, just grind yeah. forever on the moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Racked up a lot of points that way. As I was looking at, like, a lot of y'all's profiles and stuff, I noticed that y'all mentioned jazz a lot. We, we, do, we do mention jazz a lot because we play jazz a lot. Jazz has slowly like integrated its way into pop punk, post hardcore, like the entire scene. And some of these uh, previous episodes that I've done, they've mentioned like, uh, what is it, John Coltrane, oh, yeah. things like that. I've never heard them before until I started doing this podcast, and I actually kind of dig it. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to check out. Some of that is like people who grew up kind of playing one thing didn't yeah. learn to like think that that thing was bad or not artistically valid or like that it was stupid yeah. where like if you are older than us you might think oh this kind of music or that kind of music isn't worth putting a lot of effort and study into which isn't really how music works yeah like it's it's all sort of valid for somebody like so you know somebody somebody's band is bad but like in general if it's big enough to be like a style that you've heard of somebody is making music that that works in that idiom yeah so there is no like that mental or uh, cultural barrier of like, well, I'm a serious adult musician now, so I have to play jazz or I have to play, you know, a certain sounding kind of rock music or I have to play something else. Right. I'm a professional guitarist. I need to play the blues. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so a bunch of us like learned a lot of jazz or went to school and got degrees and then also didn't see any reason to stop playing music that we learned to play on in the first place. Yeah. What is it about jazz in general that is just, I don't know, like... Are you trying to ask, like, what is it about jazz that lends itself into, yes. like, the other genres of pop yeah. punk or progressive and, and things like that? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like the similarities? Yeah, because, you, I mean, okay. you, you have it coming into post-hardcore with bands like Sean and, like, Dance Gavin Dance and, like, like all these post-hardcore screamo bands or, like, uh, Dwellings, Roman Pilot. I don't know. It's just like, what is it about that style of music that everybody is just like drawn to nowadays? Well, part of what jazz, I guess, is known for is is pushing boundaries, innovating. You know, it's it's about doing the next thing. So when you're playing music in your genre of choice, whether it be pop punk, post hardcore, I mean, even even pop music right now, you know, you're seeing Billie Eilish experimenting with textures and like out of chord tones and stuff. 
So I think it's it's natural when you're innovating that you would turn to I don't want to say the original innovators because that would not be accurate, but yeah, but know, it, that, that, it never hit that like wall where like it became this thing, and as soon as you go past that, it's no longer like jazz. So it um, jazz kept evolving as well. Yeah. So it it always had something like fresh to offer to other music. Some of it too is to go against what I said slightly earlier, but this is more of a positive thing. It is kind of like musicians' music. Like I'm aware of that. Yeah. And if you get a certain critical mass of musicians, new ones especially, who are now like, oh, this is what jazz sounds like, and it sounds really cool. How can I incorporate that? It will start to bleed over into their music just because that's what they are excited about. Yeah, I grew up watching like uh, like the Blues Brothers a lot. We watched that movie a lot, and I know there's a lot of jazz mixed with blues in there as well like cab calloway and stuff like that which i always really really dug those fucking songs but that's like as far as my like blues and jazz knowledge went i never like sought it out or anything like that so oh god yeah yeah we you know we did a school band a lot and stuff and you're if your band director can tell that you're a nerd they they try to get you going on the jazz thing pretty early um, yeah it just, we've we've both been yeah kind of steeped in in intentional and varying degrees of private musical education since we were 10 11 uh i didn't take private lessons till college i guess i didn't i took private lessons in high school but you know we were we were in higher level groups in school and getting some individualized instruction or at least like extra attention because not just yelled at because we were like hitting the snare right exactly yeah yeah this is just us flexing about how much band we did no it's it is uh (laughs) That's awesome, should. though, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I wish, I wish I would have learned how to play an instrument. Uh, I was never allowed to, though. So, bummer. Never say never, Augie. Yeah, say, I have students who are much older than you. Yeah, I have a student, and he's probably older than you too. It's not about age, man. It's about time. I have that is the thing zero that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the thing that you need. Yes, yes. Hey, I've got uh, I've got three kids. I've got a full time job. Actually, I've been working tens the last like two days, and I am Ouch. fucking Ouch. beat. That's brutal. But um, give us uh, give us some jazz musicians, man. That's I really dig. A uh, good gateway drug for me would definitely be uh, the Brecker brothers, Randy and Michael Brecker. <laughs> this is like jumping off the deep end. That's, that is that yeah. is like absolute. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. That, we can build to that. That's just what we like got into it with. Um, it's dope though. It's dope. Hey, that's that's kind of what this is about, though, man. Yeah, yeah. this is about you guys. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So this is about fun. y'all's. You know what got you into music or whatever. The so. listeners will know what it is that yeah that you guys enjoy. Sure. Well, since I play jazz saxophone mostly, uh, Dexter Gordon is a big one too. My my favorite sax player is Stan Getz. Stan Getz is the best. Um, who is just and Dexter Gordon is also a pro uh Lester Young protege. The, the thing that he's known for is um, like a softer, more lyrical tone, but it still like really, really swings at a time when everybody was like blowing big honking sounds with this, with the saxophone. Coltrane. Coltrane. Uh, this would have been pre Coltrane, but yes, Coltrane is very much in the other. He's a honker. Yes. So I like a lot of the modern stuff, but I also really like uh, straight ahead jazz a lot, which would be like, or people or you know, post bop or hard bop. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay. So mid fifties through mid sixties, kind of pre Ornette Coleman stuff, uh, which means nothing to you guys that you don't <laughs> listen to jazz. But if you guys are already listening to Coltrane, obviously check out Miles Davis. They played together like a lot, a lot. The guy that DJ just said, Cannibal Adderley, he has a great version of uh, jazz standard called Autumn Leaves, which is a good tune to just be familiar with. 
and it has a cool little riff on the intro. Lee Morgan would be another one that played with them around that time. Oh, Clifford Brown and Max Roach uh, album is amazing. I'm just like name vomiting at you guys. You don't have to keep. Oh, you're good. You're okay. good, man. I'll, I'll pick out some of these and we'll add these to the playlist. Big, so. big ones that we, we like a lot as a band, if you want to, are uh, the Oscar, Oscar Peterson trio with Stan Getz. So we, who we already mentioned. I Want to Be Happy is a great opener for yeah. that album. It's perfect. And you can oh. hear Oscar Peterson singing along with his solos, yes, which is very fun. So the cool thing about that album, besides that they all are insane players, they got uh, Ray Brown on bass. And I was about to ask if that was Ray Brown. It's or Ray Rock Brown. Brown. There's no drums on that recording, and you don't notice it unless somebody points it out because they're swinging so hard. The other, the other big one that I'm surprised Chris hasn't mentioned yet is uh, Hank Levy, who uh, he composed that song Whiplash that that movie Whiplash is based on, but also did a ton of other awesome odd meter jazz nice that's later yeah if you're if you want to check out odd meter jazz dave dave brubeck would be your starting point for that yeah of course yeah of course. so before we get a little too far let's get let's get uh some less than jake on here real quick Hell let's yeah. definitely get some Hell less yeah. than jake on there so i mean hello rock view is uh all-time great yep less than jake album but i really like the next one too anthem or, or song or two that you want to throw in here yeah the science of selling yourself short Roger's voice sounds great on that one. I, you know, it's weird. I didn't realize that less than Jake had been playing for so long, man. Oh my God. So long. Like, 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 yeah. like so long. And like yeah. doing, you know, 200 to 300 plus road dates a year the whole time. Yeah. It's insane, man. What a way to live the yep. grind. You'd think eventually uh, a band with that much success would stop grinding. Um, but no, no, you don't. You don't stop grinding. You just keep right on grinding. Yeah. Right. Just keep going. No doubt. The, the band, or are you reacting to <laughs> the band? Oh. <laughs> Sp- I would put Spiderwebs on. Yeah, Spiderwebs spider more indicative of what yeah. you like. And then you said uh, Brecker Brothers. Oh, some skunk, some skunk funk. funk, baby. Some skunk funk live, if possible. There's like a million live versions. Doesn't matter which so one. Doesn't matter. All of them are faster than Doesn't the recording matter. that we had. <laughs> I auditioned for uh, for University of Maryland's pep band with that song, and afterwards, the people were like, "What was any of that?" <laughs> oh, oh no! If you play it with no context, it it kind of does sound like nothing, unless you know the song. Uh, Dexter Gordon, that was your thing. You I know. I now. know. <laughs> I don't listen to any Dexter Gordon albums. I'm looking for a specific one. Oh, it's uh, Fried Bananas. Okay. Blow Mr. Dexter, also so a good one. I did not know he did Watermelon Man. Also, I guess I'll hang my tears out to dry. And then we'll go with uh, Miles Davis. Right, the did you get the, uh, the Oscar Peterson with Stan Getz one on there? Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. I put I Want okay. to Be Happy on that, yes. Great song. I also put uh, Cannonball Adderley, um, Autumn Leaves. Oh, nice. I would say so what if we're going for like things that are hugely influential. Right. Um, Green Dolphin Street. Freedom Jazz Dance off Miles Smiles. Oh, good. Yeah. That's that's quintet though. I think. Oh, what's the one? Uh, do, um, Miles Smiles? Gingerbread bow, Boy. Bow, bow, it? bow, bow. It's. Oh, Footprints. Footprints. Yeah. Footprints. Miles Davis. Yes. I sang the bass part and the melody line before I can remember the name of the <laughs> tune. Because that's who I am as a person. I can also tell you three different live chord arrangements 
or like the turnaround that people do because that's a standard. So you have to know what people do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a little background on us, Augie and I have been friends for best friends for like 20 years. Us too. I joined the club. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have been, you know, playing together and been best friends for that long. So there are so many benefits to knowing someone and being friends for that long and sharing a lot of experiences. So this is a two-part question. Tell us what benefits you get from being friends for that long, like in terms of being in a band together, one. And two, you know, it sounds like you guys dig a lot of the same stuff, but what are maybe some bands or artists or even albums from certain artists that maybe you guys disagree on? Like one of you loves and the other one's kind of meh on. Oh, okay, cool. Sweet. You know, we should have had Andy because Andy kind of has a different background than us, so he would have different, yeah. Um, but we probably are doing it a little bit on here without noticing it, but like writing practice, band practice is a pretty brisk affair. Uh, we don't have to talk very much. <laughs> right, a lot of uh, nonverbal Yeah, or just like, I, I just like do that thing, and then we, we just, just know, yeah. 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 Yep. You know, and like really pragmatic stuff, like it got used to annoying the shit out of each other like years ago. <laughs> so like, you don't really, Oh yeah. Like, cause we've been doing these acoustic runs in my car and it's like pretty much the lowest drama. It, it or situation. That it would only I've be ever... easier if gas was free. Yeah. Yeah. And people wanted to come listen to us more. That would make it easier. Too. <laughs> we, we like, I don't want to be an acoustic band, so it's not really like a long-term option, but to go out and scout new places and, and to, you know, so if we get, like good gig, you know, nice gigs or whatever, make a little bit of money because we have kind of a, I guess that's another benefit. We can sell basically any permutation of what we do. And like, I feel confident in it being good. And like, we, I know we're going to deliver like on the show pretty much no mm-hmm. matter the circumstances too. You know what I mean? Right. And to, yeah. to kind of yeah. piggyback on that, like with, with the business side of that, obviously it's important when you're going into business or, you know, any working in such close proximity but with someone that you trust that person and that has never been an issue for us because we've spent two decades building trust together yep Mm yeah see actually when i uh so i did this show two years ago uh and i had to i did like 36 episodes by myself and i had to put it on hiatus for a little while because just life in general everything you know didn't have time anything wait what happened two years ago (laughs) uh so i was doing this show man and i just just you know Well, actually, it's funny. So I started this show like peak pandemic because I have like anxiety. Like it was peaking. Like my anxiety was so bad uh, when the pandemic hit. And I just needed something to kind of like take my mind off of it. I don't have like diagnosed or clinical anxiety and like the pandemic like stressed me out, dude. I can't imagine. Had it for a long time. Like uh, I have uh, narcolepsy as well. And if like untreated narcolepsy will cause social anxiety and anxiety and like anxiety. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it went untreated. So I remember when I first got, it was like, I was like 13 years old is when I started like falling asleep in class and stuff like that. I couldn't stay awake. And I did that throughout high school. I didn't get diagnosed with narcolepsy until I was 21 years old. Like that was when I got my formal diagnosis. Yeah. So, and now I'm like, I've been on medicine since then. So that's gotten better, but you know, that's still like seven years of anxiety. So, So that's not, you know, I don't know. But uh, anyway, yeah, I started the show Peak Pandemic and uh, when I came back, I wanted to get a co-host, but I didn't want to just ask like some random that I didn't even know. So that's why I asked Adam, because like you said, and we know we've been building trust for 20 years. So it's great. Do you guys live close together? No. 
a couple hours apart. It's oh, not, yeah. not horrible. That's tough. Yeah. Chris and I live next door to each other. You got to commit. Yeah. Take the plunge. Yeah, we're, we got to commit, Augie. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Uh, we can't I'm let not, them beat us. Uh, you know what? Man. You're roommates we're now. We're moving in. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're moving in. We were, we were, we were roommates from 2011 to 2014, the beginning of 2014 or something like that. I see, Adam, you know, he had to go off and like go to college, you know? Yeah, we yeah. did that. We, we yeah. separated the college. <laughs> had to move to while. the big city. Right. But I moved out. Yeah, I didn't go to college. I just, I don't know. I don't really know what I did after high school. <laughs> we ended up going to college together. I, we graduated I started to separate, but I transferred to join this band. Yeah. Moved in. All right. All nice, right. nice, nice. Love it yep. in. Right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, you thought you guys were best friends. <laughs> yeah, Augie, we're just, you know, acquaintances. Yeah. Oh, nice. Co-workers. Uh, how did you guys meet, man? Uh, we were in middle school, and uh, what I always say is that we were so ugly that no one else wanted to talk to us. Just, right just had each other. That is, that I is disagree. Correct. You disagree. Have well, you, you seen the pictures? Say, have you seen our nerd shirts? That's. <laughs> I mean, I, I see you live right now. Oh, I mean, now we're very handsome. Yeah, I mean, now we, we look were, great. When we were eleven, though. Oh, okay. See? It didn't. I got you. Yeah, I got redemption. You. We look good enough for a yeah. podcast. I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those of you listening at home who can't see the video, uh, we are bronzed and muscular. I actually am pretty tan. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I was just outside. I'm pretty Not good. Not to brag, but. I saw they the look like today. whatever you find attractive that's, at home. That's, All right, that's, that's, that's exactly what <laughs> yep. they look like. <laughs> uh, you, there was a follow-up question about oh, bands yeah, that yeah, we disagree on. Oh yeah, or, or yeah, bands, albums, on. artists. You know, a uh, big one is uh, my my favorite band. I think is a band called Me Without You, and uh, Chris has tried to humor me on them. I have, and every if pretty much any time we get in the car for a long trip, I'm like, try this one. This one's the one for sure. And I just, it's fine. I don't think he likes it very much. Yeah, I don't know good. what it is because, like, I listen to music with singing and I listen to a lot of music with, it's like, instrumental music. Quotation. Put enough quotation marks around that. Um, but music with no vocals at all and music with screaming, like, heavy vocals, yeah. right? I think it's just he's just talking. Like, just write a poem. Yeah, just write a poem. Write a poem. I enjoyed the the Teenage Wrist album from last year that DJ did not like. Didn't. But I'm not like a giganto Teenage Wrist fan. Nor did I hate it. I just, just okay. I've seen that band, that name everywhere, but I've yet to listen to any of their songs. The guitar arrangements on that album are pretty spectacular. Well, give me a song off of that one. Um, it's actually, I think it's Silver Spoon. I think it's got a really raunchy bass tone and the and it's. I think it's the only song on the the album with an odd beater, <laughs> or like it drops a beat in like the verse, and that's that's not why I like it. I just also happen to notice that that is probably my favorite song on that album. <laughs> it has that going on. And we should also get a me without you. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was dreading this moment. They have so much. I'm gonna pick one from what I think is probably my favorite me without you album. This is gonna be a controversial take among me without you fans but it's uh it's pale horses how about blue hen or magic lantern days both very good songs off of that album also mexican war streets i thought of one that i like listen to like a lot like you don't actively listen to the contortionist i mean like the contortionist yeah i like the contortionist but i don't put it on as much i like i listen to like all the albums that's like kind of that's kind of one kevin divine that's one as well that i like and chris doesn't like as much that is correct 
All right, well, give me a contortion stop. Ooh, contact. Uh, oh, and then my, my funny one that I do like, DJ does not like, is uh, Trust Company. Trust Company. We listen to oh a lot of Trust Company in the car. And it's amazing. Before gigs, after gigs. That's another one of those bands that I haven't heard in, since it's I was they, like I don't think they've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Guy whispering about falling for 40 minutes. Uh, yes. And then what was the, the one that you said? Uh, Devin Divine. For him, Albatross, probably. That's, I think, one of, one of the new singles from his latest that I think is a very, very good song. Just saw him a few months ago with Pronoun and Kaylee Goldsworthy. One thing I wanted to get into, so I didn't really have to creep too hard on this. I just kind of typed in your name, Chris, on Google, and it came up that you were in a cream cover, not so cover band. Uh, yeah, that is correct. I'm actually, so I'm not even supposed to be home right now, but it's been like a, a whole mess. Uh, yeah, that's not a secret. You can, you can Google me and I'm right on the website there. I'm now Googling that to see how high up that hit. Reverb Nation. Come on. That's the first thing. Above my TikTok, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so that's music. That's music of cream. Yeah, um, and it's with uh, Ginger Baker's son. Correct. Right? And then uh, Will, our guitar player, is uh, it's Eric Clapton's. He's technically Eric Clapton's nephew. He's a Boyd. So if you know Patty Boyd, who the song uh, Layla, or um, it's the chick that Eric Clapton and George Harrison are always fighting over. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's his aunt, his aunt Patty. That's nuts. Um, and uh, we left in March, but it has varying degrees of. The world is still a very uncertain place. How about that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Indeed. How how did you get hooked up with uh with all that? Uh, Kofi, who is Baker's son, who's the drummer, um, lives near us. Actually, when he moved out of California, he just bought a house in Hobart, like flat out. I don't exactly know the whole story behind that, but he moved out of California. Um, obviously, housing in Indiana is much cheaper. So to like get ahead of, of, of bills and expenses and things like that, he just flat out bought the house. So he doesn't have a house payment, but he lives right by the highway so he can be at the airport in Chicago in like under an hour, right? So he can go yeah. anywhere in the world. And that was kind of the thinking. I linked up with him through another artist on gigs at the end of 2017. We did like a weekender. And then I did his East Coast tour in 2018, and then we've done, and then we, and then we played since then. We do few, we do fusion gigs too, like jazz fusion. Doesn't he also have an ACDC cover band that he does? No, right they here? all got, they all got fired from that. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I think they like, they, they, they all fired, they all like fired each other, like the band, but like Ola got fired and Marco got fired, and like they fired the other guy. Everybody and they, was just like, turns out ACDC kind of sucks. Yeah. We're done with this. <laughs> yeah, <You're> fired. <laughs> But they had, yeah, so what he's, he's chuckling because they had Ginger Baker's son who played with Sean Lane and Jonas Helborg in the 90s and like knows like Stu Ham and like Marco Miniman, like all these like insane musicians and stuff, right? He used to tell me about somebody else the other day. And I was like, that's not a real, oh, it's Vinny Caliuta. He knows Vinny Caliuta. And I was like, okay, because he lived in LA in the 90s. Oh, he played in uh, Ohm, which was Chris Poland from Megadeth's fusion band also. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they had him in the uh, drums and then they had the Midwest's premier fusion guitar player on guitar. And then they had, uh, Ola Timothy who is from Nigeria and like moved to the States to be like a full-time famous, like bass player. Yeah. An internationally known bass. Yes. You actually can, uh, me and Ola have a, a bass video together 
too. If you if you check that out on my page, or like Chris Lone and Ola Timothy, I bet that that pops up. And they all thought, you know what, wouldn't be a waste of our time and talent. <laughs> <laughs> double two double bass video, yeah. No, I was I was uh, ripping on ACDC. Oh, that is good. That is good too. Yeah. So as you can see, that fusion based ACDC fell apart really fast. Uh, that's not like my music as much that's like my yeah. job <laughs> if that that's i'm sure people who don't play music that sounds like a terrible thing to say i cream is my in my top three of classic rock bands we're just not big classic rock guys yeah i'm not i'm not either my dad listened to it a lot when i was younger and i, I just i don't know i don't really care for it too I, much yeah and there's a lot of people who's like in love with like zeppelin and like uh Pink Floyd. Oh yeah, and I'm. Yeah. I'm uh, I, I just don't get it. No. I, I respect it, of course. I just don't care to listen to it. And I'm not a Beatles fan either. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't yeah, like listening no to the Beatles. The Beatles catalog is so big, though. There is a. There's at least one Beatles song that you probably would enjoy right. in there somewhere. Right. Yeah, at least one you'd love. At least one you'd totally hate. Yeah, and probably several hundred that you'd be mediocre on. Much like a lot of bands' catalogs, I would imagine. As long as they're that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd like them too if I was high on acid the whole time. Yeah, there. yeah. It's hard to tell. I, how I much just don't know if I understand it. Like we don't like on we, like yeah. that level. I guess we don't do psychedelics. One of those things so. you probably had to be there. Someone said that about Blink One Eighty Two recently. Uh, one of one of our friends had that conversation hmm. with me that uh, that Blink One Eighty Two is basically our generation's ACDC because it was really fun if you were there, but if you listen back to it, you don't really get it. Okay. I can see that. I, see I was that. not Fair. ready to have that conversation. I'm offended by that every day. I'm still not ready to have it, but I, I guess we're having it. fighting. No, right? it is. <laughs> I don't care why I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bleak, was, Bleak was okay, man. We quit the podcast. I never really deep, deep, took a deep dive into their stuff. We absolutely quit this podcast. Yeah, they, they were one of yeah. like, the first. Because <laughs> the first band oh, no, I was super no. into were Bare Naked Ladies. But the second band I was super into. No, no. The first was Weird Al. Then Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> then Blink-182. The logical progression, I think. You got to put some Blink on the playlist, though. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we are like. Yeah. like I, I mean, I like Blink. I don't hate them. And like, I just, I've never took a deep dive into any of their like albums or anything yeah. like that. I enjoy them. I'm not a, like a stand. Yeah. 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 Them, like you know? I think yeah. the, the most deep dive I ever took was the greatest hits album they released, which I like all those fucking songs Tweet. on that. So, uh, for, for reference, uh, I said cream was not my music. My like afternoon activity in like middle school or whatever it was to start at the beginning of dude ranch and play all the way to the end of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which is two albums later. So, like, yeah. Nice, like, nice. That's awesome. That is how I learned how to play the bass guitar. Uh, yeah, throw, a, throw some Blink on there, man. Uh, cool. Uh, definitely um, Violence off the self-titled. I was going to say, here's your letter. Violence. We can put both of them. That's fine. Uh, and then yeah. Wendy Clear, I think, is a <laughs> you knew it was coming. off of uh, Enema of the State. We could make this whole thing blink if we wanted to, but we don't, but we do a little, but we don't. Let's, go. Let's just change the name of it to, you know, Blink-182 Favorites by Stop, Drop, Rewind. Stop, Drop, Rewind's Blink-182's Greatest Hits. <laughs> Taylor's version. Yeah, so I watched a, a couple or two or three of your music videos. Um, I noticed in uh, Air Quotes and I Was a Portrait, there was the themes that I got was very much like a protagonist antagonist kind of thing and there's always a sort of happy ending so tying that 
um, with your music, um, not only, you know, visually, but also lyrically and sort of thematically, you know, what would you say are, you know, the large sort of themes or messages that you want to get across in your music? I would counter that with, I notice you left out the one that doesn't have that, like, happy <laughs> ending, has a more ambiguous ending. The joke video. The yeah. Joke? Oh, well, I must have misinterpreted well, it because that one seemed like a happy ending. As it is. But to you can enlighten me. Well, no, it, I guess it does like feel good at the end and there's like a chorus. It, it's supposed to be ambiguous. Like, is, he, is okay. he happy that he's moved on from playing with us? Is he sad that he's moved on from playing with us? Yeah. Who's to say, but he's sad. Okay, okay. That's our buddy Rodney. He never was in a band with us, but he sings with us sometimes. Good guy. Great player. Great singer. Okay. We try to be generally positive guys, like, just because that's who we are as people. We'd much rather build people up than tear them down. Um, the, oh. the joke video is just silly, and it's supposed to be just silly. Not, excuse me, not the joke video. The air quotes video yeah. is just silly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that does, that does have a happy ending where we, we conquer our bully selves. But, you yep. know, there's... <laughs> How many times did you have to get hit in the head with a golf ball? Four. The fall, <laughs> the fall, the stunt that DJ did was actually the sketchier part. Yeah. Because he had to do that fall like seven or eight times. I am known for committing to the bit. We, yeah. so, our, so I guess overarching themes for our music, I think polarity when that came out, because I, I write all the lyrics, so I was kind of moving on from writing really personal stuff, or not really moving mm -hmm. on from writing really personal stuff, but really focusing instead, rather, rather than focusing on sharing things about myself, like making it inclusive so that other people might more easily relate to it because I thought at the time I liked a lot of sad music because it was sad when really why I liked it was because it was relatable. Uh, yeah. so right. I kind of made a turn toward inclusion and have kind of kept that throughout the rest of our, our catalog since um, I think element and aftermath, if there is an overarching, it would be like searching for your sense of self and, not always finding anything. And then yeah. for the singles, I mean, because we released them as singles, they really is never intended to be an overarching theme. Obviously, Heavy Love, I think, speaks for itself thematically. Don't be a dick. Um, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of people are pretty focused on being dicks right now. And uh, I think this is a controversial take, but I think that everyone would be a lot happier if they weren't. Dicks. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I agree. No, yeah, For that's sure. uh, accurate. So, I don't know if that even remotely answers the question that you asked me, but there are some facts. We don't have like a stop, drop, rewind, extended universe. Like the 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 mm -hmm. video is. I like to, to think be... the videos do take place in <laughs> in, in the same universe, though. Yeah. <laughs> the video is supposed to be a standalone. I, it's a marketing tool, right? But. Since we're us, we want it to have some artistic integrity. So we storyboard it out with, it's not just like, oh, you know, it'd be funny. Like the guys that we work with, um, Josh and Emmanuel. Broke Boy Production. Uh, yeah, yeah. Broke Boy Media um, yep. are really good and, and working with us and like kind of coming up with the story. So since it's our thing, like ultimately, none of us are like insane Hollywood script writers or whatever. So I guess what you notice is us playing it sort of safe just so that the video like pops with the song and still tells a story that makes sense and is understandable in a couple of scenes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's a little more pragmatic than as deep as you were making us sound. You, you have to, you know, you have to keep a story simple when you have three minutes and no dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Some of this is our insecurity because we watch like film criticism videos in the, uh, in the van. So uh, like, or like listen to, you know, when you listen to a YouTube video and you car speakers. So, and we talk a lot about what works in like the star Wars shows or the star Wars movies or whatever that we're watching and what doesn't work. So we're like compulsively trying to make sure that our videos at least have some, they sort of make sense. <laughs> I mean, it's better than what most people do. They just film themselves playing in like somewhere random. Lapidated. An empty warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And light. Yeah, we're very much not into doing that for our for our stuff. So we do try to come up with something that sort of sticks with you um, and matches the theme of the song at least on a, on a surface. It matches level. like the arc of the song. So like air yeah. quotes is not about uh, like getting bullied or like having a villain or conflict, right? So, <laughs> right. No, no, it's not. It's not or any kind of grand conflict where the heroes overcome something at the end of the. But the song is is. Um, fun and catchy and relatively bright and there's like a big ending so that lends itself to kind of a traditional underdog hero story mm-hmm. right come up yeah yeah for sure but the girl with the superpowers from the portrait video is out there somewhere oh goodness <laughs> hopefully up there where you guys were <laughs> yeah yeah we we keep in touch on twitter she's getting married i gave her a place to look for wedding dresses <laughs> Got superpowers. You have to do what she says. Uh, I checked out y'all's uh, y'all's Bandcamp, and I I noticed y'all started y'all released like three demos in like 2012. Man, so like, how long have y'all actually been a band? For? Um, actually, so well, with my actually, yeah. So those are our first uh, couple EPs. We have three demos before that. One of which wow. I'm not even on. I was not Correct. in the band yet. And then the next one, Chris played everything except for drums, and I played drums. And we recorded that in Maryland. So um, we started Stop Drop Rewind in fall of 2008. I moved out Damn. to join in spring of 2009. Yeah. Damn, dude, that's yeah. a long time that's ago. That's a long time to be in What is that like? Uh, this fall will be our 14-year 14 14 anniversary. On that demo, you explain like, you know, we're just looking for members and all that stuff. Oh, that's smoke signal. Oh. Yeah, that's we, we just needed something to come out at that time. You know, we we just lost our old drummer, James, who is a great drummer, still a great guy. We we talked to him a lot and stuff, but uh, he, he had just uh, just quit. And it was just Chris and I again for like the hundredth time in our history. And we had all these songs ready to go. So we went into the studio and put them out. And we, I mean, and we had been touring, not right. like a lot, but DIY and had been sort of doing it regularly and falling off of that kind of sucks too. True. Yeah. But like I was going to say, I've been pretty regular since, I, I don't know about before 2012, because that's the first EP that's on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. But so 2012, then you released another in 2014, then 2016, you released an EP, that was 2018 and that was 2020. So y'all been pretty regular for like the last 10 years. Yeah. That I can yeah. see. We do our best. Yeah, so, and then 2019 and 20 had the, the, some singles as well. So 18, yeah. 19, 20, and then 22. And we had a song come out in 2021 too, right? The joke came out in 2021? And mm-hmm. not Space Force. Yes, no, yeah. Yeah, we, so, yes. Um, 
it's good to have music come out. We, we write yeah. a lot of it. I feel like we don't. I feel like we don't write enough of it. We spend a lot of time writing it. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, you see it far too often, like bands that hit, you know, run into member changes and issues. Like y'all, they just call it quits and move on or whatever. But y'all just kind of stuck with it, which is cool because I mean, um, for the last like week, I've listened to all three of your EPs like every day uh, mm-hmm. to kind of you know to kind of gain questions and all that stuff. And and it's really good music. You know, you can hear like Weezer and and like blink influences and you can hear like just you hear the jazz influences and i mean it's really really talented stuff so thank it you it is unique oh, thanks, man. yeah thanks, man. do you have a favorite song that you've been uh, listening to i have two um i don't know the full name at the moment but casinos in the name and then the other one is braver than i was that's a Yay! fun song that okay. we didn't get to play enough out those are are fun i like those Casino song is our probably our oldest song that we still do. Uh, there's a version of that on the EP that came out in 2012. Okay, well, if you come to Dallas and and, and play a show, you have to play that one. I'll yeah, be there. We we'll be in to Dallas, Dallas in uh, October. In October. All right. Well, I just got to make it to October um, then. That yeah, that chorus has been unchanged since spring 2010 when DJ wrote it. Also, uh, it's called Casino Song because on one of my old phones somewhere in my house, uh, there's a recording of me in the bathroom of the Blue Chip Casino. I had like just turned 21 and I went with some friends. And that melody like came to me while I was losing everything I had on a slot machine and just kind of went, <laughs> what I had wasn't much. Uh, and I went, I just went into the bathroom and I'm standing in the stall humming. That's awesome. That, that's uh, the fun part of, of doing the podcast, learning some of the backstories and how some of these just choruses or small pieces, um, like the, the, where they came from. You know, a lot of times us folks that don't write music, you know, we're like, oh, man, it must have taken them all this time and they crafted it out. And I mean, you just hum something in a bathroom. And sometimes it does. I mean, I, you know, the example that I give of is, course. Uh, in early 2020. Uh, probably, probably March or April of 2020, we were working on Hold It Over Me. And we'd been kind of agonizing over that song for like nine months to a year at that point. And Chris and I finally, we, we made, you, have you heard that phrase, a camel is a horse designed by a committee? No. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. <laughs> we had quite the camel going. And that song was a camel like four times. Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, when the whiteboard comes out at writing practice and you're writing sections and drawing arrows and, ooh, it's bad, it's, you should just erase that and start over. So we had, you know, so many permutations of this song. And then finally, early in the pandemic, uh, Chris and I meet and are able to play through an entire arrangement of that song that we're happy with. And we're like, great, there's an hour left of practice. And in that hour, we wrote Shadows in the Cave, start to finish. Nice. I've got like four that like stand out to me personally. And that's a uh, bottomless guts yep. shadows in the cave. And then the one that's been stuck in my head, this entire interview is air quotes. Yes. I've literally just been singing that in my head. You're in the, the bottomless time. club though. That's a thing. Yep. Yeah. I like bottomless man. I really it's do. Like a, it's, a, really good. it's like a thing though. Cult favorite. You're like a, you're in the club. Nice. Am I also your favorite member? Because most of the people <laughs> who like bottomless, I'm their favorite member. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> We like, yeah, that song. We, actually, we had that song. Uh, we wrote that when we were that duo 
Yeah, that was the first song that Andy had like writing input on after he joined the band. But we had most of it. Remember, we were working on it when we were out with um, Jordan B Dubs and Jordan. Yeah. So that actually, that's an older one too. Uh, Trains, if you listen to that, is like 2010. Um, I had a thought and then I. Was it about guts and how that's like when people ask what we sound like, that's the song we play even still? It was not. Well, that is a fact. Guts is funny because. So like I said, I've been listening to this for this. I make a, a playlist. Uh, I put it in order from like polarity to y'all's latest oh, nice. release. Okay. So oldest oh, nice. release okay. to newest. And every time Guts Remastered comes on, I'm like, man, like I feel like I've heard this song. And then it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was on the last album. I always pull my phone out and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we pull. Yeah. So we I mean, we did remaster it. We didn't change anything about the song. We just wanted to get to 10 to 10 tracks for the album. And, like, and we like that song. We wanted to give it another little push. Yeah. We, we, what DJ said about that is basically what the band sounds like in one song was especially still accurate at that time. And since we had released Polarity as, as an EP and we were doing a full length and stuff with a big PR push, we, we wanted to keep it on, on there. And people do like that song a lot, so I'm glad we did. Yeah. Mostly, though, we try to be new music-oriented, which, as I said, we were, you said we wrote for a year and then wrote a song in the hour after we spent the year doing that. It's like spurts, but then you do have to do a bunch of work putting it together. So like DJ has a really good idea in the thing, the casino, but then we have to spend several weeks or a month or two months or whatever, putting it together. We, the new album is 30 minutes. There's like an extended, that noisy outro thing or whatever. So let's say 28 minutes of music or something like that. We probably wrote is easily twice that much yeah. worth of music that didn't make the album. Not as like, songs or demos that we cut just as like original bridges for hold it over me there are like literally dozens of those that we ended up just it just didn't work so we just scrapped it and like a whole uh color and rhythmic like thematic thing for for um smokestack shrieking that was like the intro and the chorus and like the bridge and none of that is in the song now so it's like a completely different just an island of misfit yeah. ideas floating around. So it's almost double, almost double the amount of music that ended up being on the record. But it's not like when you hear, you know, the night bands in the 90s were like, oh, the label paid us to go in the studio and they, we wrote 30 songs and this is our 12 song thing. Well, I couldn't play you any other songs. Mm-hmm. Our process doesn't <laughs> yeah, work. It's not right. quite like that. But I could play you 30 minutes of bad ideas. Yeah. Or ideas that weren't for me. <laughs> <yet. laughs> no, I feel that. I, I cut these episodes down to like 45 yeah. minutes. Like if me or Adam like ramble on for too long or something like that, I'll cut it down or like, you know, and just, so I feel that a little bit. Like I, I try to keep it. Also, you have to worry about like listener retention. There's a lot of stupid shit that you have to worry about, especially being an artist podcast, whatever that you have to worry about. And retention is one of them. So I can get somebody to give me 45 minutes of their time, a hell of a lot easier than I can give them to get, to give me an hour yeah, and a half fact. of their time. So. Which which we don't have to worry. People will say that we should, but we don't have to worry about as much or we don't worry about as much. We want the song to be really, really tight and a complete idea, whether it's two minutes or like eight minutes. <laughs> and because of the progressive label, we get a little bit more license to uh, go on. Yeah, You yeah, probably right. noticed, though, as we've really committed to having them be the tightest, best song possible and having trying to use that philosophy that the average track length across that 2016 to 2022 time span has come down a little bit. Yeah. 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 Oh man, the band we interviewed last week, y'all don't have to worry about that. They're releasing like 
nine and 11 minute songs. Ooh. So they're uh, mm-hmm. progressive as well. Okay. They're prog rock. It was uh, aviation. Oh yeah. No, I know them. They're good. Oh wow. That's cool. You had them on last week. And they're I saw awesome. you guys had pulses too, who I really like as well. Oh, I love pulses. Pulses. Is uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah we, I, there is like an upper limit. Like we don't have a 10 minute song. If we were to get into something like a heady thematic or like a high concept sci-fi thing or like some rush shenanigans, I'd have no problem doing that. It just hasn't. It's on the table. It hasn't occurred yet. I got right. You. Okay. Cool. I, I have a, a lot more questions, but we gotta gotta yeah, wrap this up. Get um, yes. Uh, so it says you guys have opened for Real Friends, Hawthorne Heights, Second Secondhand Serenade, The Misfits, Spill Canvas, and a lot more. Is there like a like a favorite band that y'all have enjoyed opening for? My my standout one would be The Contortionists. The contortionist. Okay. Yeah, that was a crazy. <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, and we didn't know who they were, and we played with like twenty metal bands that day. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Where you had 15 minutes, and you it was like you set up on the floor next to the stage while the other band was still playing and stuff. And they they're from Indy, Indianapolis, so like two hours away, okay. two and a half hours away. So they when they were still touring regionally, this was like 09. Um, we played at a hookah lounge with like 15 or 20 metal bands, and uh, I think we were actually on the stage. No, we were on the side stage too. We were, yeah. But then they put on like a band that had like a sex doll or like a mannequin or something. Remember that? I do, yeah. And then I like went in the bathroom because we like, we would hang out, but it's like, okay, I don't, you know, I'm not a huge metal. I'm not like a huge metal guy, especially that was like straight up just like brutal insanity metal in late 2000s Indiana mm-hmm. at that time. Like not progressive metal or anything like that. Just um, heavy as balls. <laughs> so I like went in the bathroom and they set up in front of me and I was like these guys oh my god dude those the, the Barca brothers the, the guitar player and the back, back Barca however you say that their last name they have sounded exactly like that since 2009 That's I was exactly. standing like right behind the drummer at this this hookah lounge show being like uh oh like I thought I was good at my ins- like <laughs> I thought I was good at my instrument like I thought my band was good and then they came in and sounded exactly like Exoplanet they played a bunch of songs they had an EP with those songs on it before that. And they were playing stuff off that EP that became exoplanet. And it sounded exactly like exoplanet. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> well, we already have a contortionist song on here. So, yeah, you know, just because I enjoy it very much. What is popcorn? Ah, <laughs> you got to watch my popcorn fit on our, our channel. We had I just will. gotten back from South by Southwest where the SoundCloud rappers carry pictures of their own faces on sticks to like draw attention and promote. So we kind of popcornified animated faces of ourselves and put them on sticks. And we also had a float in the parade. But to answer your question, <laughs> Orville Redenbacher is from the town we live in. So every no, I year think he lived here. I don't think yeah, I don't think he's, he lived here. There's a statue of him in the park. So he lives here nice. now. But yeah, they just throw a big street festival every year and they say it's about popcorn, but as far as I can tell, it's about drinking in the streets. It's a regular, it's like a regular town festival. Yeah, small town festival. Ours just happens to be popcorn themed. Uh, our float, I think when we had a parade float the year that we played on the main stage, we got to open for Soul Asylum. Um, I think the rule was the nice. float has to be like 30% <laughs> popcorn or something. It, yeah, it has to have popcorn on it. So we coded like somebody's trailer. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Seems like a waste of popcorn, though. <laughs> We're not big I mean, popcorn fans. Popcorn is a waste of your time and food products Corn. anyway. So yeah, it gets so stuck in my that teeth. Is the problem. Right I'm more it. of a chip All star. right, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you enough. go enjoy your popcorn, Adam. Can I, I throw a couple more, couple more bands on uh, yeah, man, the playlist yeah. here that we got to get people in there? Uh, 
definitely the reign of Kendo. Ludo. For the reign of Kendo, do um, the hero, the saint, the tyrant, and the terrorist. That's one song. Okay. For Ludo to okay. Broken Bride. But, and this one is our boys, Wolves and Machines. Uh, the song is Surrender Tells. You'll notice a sudden proliferation of odd meter music coming in. <laughs> uh, lately, we've been listening to Origami Angel. Oh, lot. yeah, that. And we forgot. Oh, that, yeah. And we forgot. Thank you, scientists, too. Oh, yeah. And I mean, everybody's everybody's boosting Meet Me at the Altar right now. But I can we can always stand to boost Meet Me at the Altar as well. Origami Angel do know you. I like Origami Angel. They're not They're that awesome. good. Band. Thank you, scientists is amazing I mean, as well. I mean, come on. Like, right. We saw them on tour with Reign of Kindo and. That you know, Kindo is one of our favorite bands, but I think they barely blew them away. That Kindo, day. Kindo was more polished. Yeah, oh, the yeah. most recent time I saw them, though. Good. I mean, two great bands. That's ap- no use comparing them for how good they are because they're both very, 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 very good. I was going to say, Mister Mister Invisible for them. Um, our producer and our good friend Roy Robley does the Meet Me at the Altar recordings. Oh, nice! That's yeah. awesome. They actually uh, used my acoustic guitar on the. Uh, Acoustic recordings of Model Citizen that just came out. That's cool, man. Oh, hey, Bella. Dog's back. Yeah, do Garden for Meet Me at the Altars. That's like a lot of, and, you got like a lot uh, of songs, right? Yeah. Well, the last one, the last question I like to ask, what are the last things y'all listen to on Spotify? Uh, I use YouTube music because I pretend oh, like okay, I'm recording okay. artists by not using Spotify. Nice. Uh, no, I, I was like a way late adopter into streaming. And if I hadn't lost my iPod, probably wouldn't. But, you know, it's nice to have whatever you want. And it, it helps when I need to learn songs for like a gig, like somebody's song list. Yeah. I don't know. I was working on stuff for videos all day. I'm going to say, so I've been listening to Valley Heart like a lot. Uh, and for me, it's actually, so this is actually the last, I, I don't use Spotify either. It's this, the last thing I had on in my car because I had it on a CD. It was uh, The Ballad of Mr. Bonkers by the Aquabats. Nice. <laughs> right, you asked that question and I was like, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Great song, though. Do you want a Valley Heart song? Put the numbers on there. Adam, you want to do the promotion wrap-up? Yeah, so we like to um, give the bands or artists uh, some time to kind of self-promote. So, you know, your social media handles, upcoming shows, uh, new music, if you're allowed to talk about that. Our 2022 album is still our new music. It's only a couple months old. That is Heavy Love, and it is available everywhere you find music, Spotify, YouTube Music, Apple Music, uh, regular old YouTube, and of course, our website, stopdroprewind.com, and we'll even ship you a CD. We are on all of our social media platforms, I'm pretty sure. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and find us on TikTok. Uh, I am Chris Lone. It's at S-D-R-K-L-O. Mine is D-J-C-S-D-R. Uh, we're pretty active on there as well. Uh, we do have fall touring announcements coming up. They're not quite out yet, but it's East Coast in September, like Northeast. And then we're making our way to Texas, uh, a week in Texas, so like a two-week run in October. And You might see us around yeah. the Midwest a little bit before that, too, just because we get antsy when we're home for too long. We're working on new music. Still. We sure are. Um, and uh, as they say in the, the band business, uh, big things coming soon. Big news <laughs> coming down the pipe uh, probably next week. Nice. Okay. By the time this comes uh, and, out, um, it might have already happened. That's true. Well, this will be out um, probably pretty late. And we try to pre-record these since 
We have a lot going on. Adam is actually a CPA. Oh, wow. And I am a family man. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Adam's boring. <laughs> I think this one is scheduled to come out in like the last Thursday in July. Oh, okay. Well, then you can know that's fine. Uh, then we could say, uh, and then the big news is that when this comes out, we will uh, have announced that we are signed to Lost Music Collective. Collective, thank you. We are signed to Lost Let's Music go, Collective yeah. um, with Vinny from Less Than Jake, actually. Founder of that's Field by Ramen. Dude. Congratulations. That is great, man. You. Awesome, guys. That's right. We'll, it'll be two singles coming out soon. Um, Dinosaur Bones and Love No Medicine, and those will be making their way out with the label very soon. Awesome, man. Well, congratulations, Thank guys. You. And uh, if y'all have any releases or anything, like I said, uh, we prepared a lot of questions and we didn't get to all of them. So if y'all have new releases or whatever y'all want to come promote, just hit me up, hit Adam up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and y'all are always welcome back. That'd be great. Thanks again great. for having us, too. Yeah, no problem, man. Augie, Augie, did you get the songs? Which one? Oh, shit. Don't no. You? No, no, no. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, so since y'all have two singles coming out, I like to open the playlist with a single and then uh, with one of y'all's songs. And then we also close it. But I guess since y'all are releasing two new singles, y'all just want me to put those as the opener and closer? Those will or probably have... not be on streaming by the time the episode comes out yet. Okay, okay. Just with how release stuff works. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So give us two other songs. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do air quotes and hold it over me. Why not? All right. And okay. which one for open and which one's for close? Uh, well, hold it over me is the opener of the album. So let's open with that. All right. Strong open. All right, and that's that's. Thank you, Adam. I would have fucking completely forgot to do that. So, you could have picked whatever. Because <laughs> we're best friends, you know. We yeah, can, man. You know, barely. Yeah. I knew what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, some would say you are best friends. Oh, y'all have a nice thank night, Thank you man. guys as well. Thanks yes, for thank having us. Thank you very us. much. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Bye. Yeah.